even though I was so messed up, I continued to write and journal. And a lot of those I didn't keep, but some of them I did. So I think that process, I've, you know, I've done that my whole life. I've kind of gone inward and wrote it out instead of spoke it out because I kind of um, had a hard time sharing my feelings, so I would write my feelings. We'll be talking about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm an award-winning author of books for middle grade readers and the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers. I started this podcast a few years ago to provide a place for authors to get together and talk about writing to encourage one another. So welcome. And today I'm excited to have author Shauna Donyai, who wrote a memoir, Occasional Moments of Happiness. She and I met on Instagram, and I thought I would have her on my podcast to share what it was like to write a memoir. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Shauna talk about her writing journey. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today for my podcast episode. I'm super excited to be talking with author Shauna Danyai about her memoir, Occasional Moments of Happiness, which I just finished reading. I'm always intrigued about memoirs because I guess I have one deep down inside I'm just so intimidated to actually do it so I reached out to her on Instagram to see if she would be willing to come talk to us about her experience in writing her book so welcome Shauna thanks for having me so why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and then we'll start talking about what it was like to write your book and a little bit about your book experience Well, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and have lived most of my life here. Right now, I'm living on the Kitsap Peninsula, and basically, it's kind of like a rural community. Everything's about a half-hour drive, but it's been a nice, um, even though I'm a city girl at heart, and it's kind of crazy that I ended up here, it's been a nice place to raise kids, and no matter how far you drive, there's always water everywhere and the ferry uh goes right in front of our house so it's really nice Ooh, it, i bet you it's it's beautiful probably very scenic it's so scenic and we can walk along the beach and it's beautiful but it's tough during the winter so uh summer is the best time i would say and i enjoy gardening in the summer i have three kids and my husband and a german shepherd so i keep myself busy Mm, how nice it sounds so picturesque for us in summer we go into hibernation and we don't do anything outside all our flowers die so that must be very nice to plant flowers in the summertime i really look forward to it i love planting seedlings something about it and i always plant way too many but i just i guess just enjoy getting back outside again in the springtime and Mm -hmm. summer so so I kind they, of put my all into it. So are the winters like cold and wet, lots of rain? The winters are really tough 
to be honest. Um, we do get some sunny days, but a lot of times it's just kind of that drizzly gray rain mm. for months and mm. months. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty tough for a, a desert rat like myself to deal yeah. with. I had lived in North Carolina for a brief time when my husband was in the Marine Corps and went through kind of a depression when I first moved out there because it was winter and it was cold and rainy and gray. Um, so I completely get what you're saying. That's why everyone drinks coffee here. <laughs> Starbucks, I think it's right? motivation to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I like that in your book, too, when you talked about getting coffee all the time. Yeah. Speaking of your book, so what made you feel like you needed to write a memoir about your life? I actually didn't really plan it. God did. And the funny thing is, um, I thought I was going to go back to work after I had my first child. And I ended up being a stay-at-home mom. And so I was actually a little bit bored. And, you know, mm -hmm. God must have just put, you know, a new Christian. I mean, I'd uh, recommitted my life to the Lord. And, you know, just put the thought in my head. So I just started kind of typing up a little bit about my life. And, um... After a couple chapters, it was clear that it was to be a memoir and I was to publish it. So mm. God just took me along this 18-year journey, actually, until it was finally published from when I first started. Wow. Well, I just finished reading it, and it's quite a page-turner. I kept wanting to know what's going to happen next. So how did you come up with the flow of it? Was there like a theme that you wanted running through it? Not really. I mean, for one thing, I didn't know what I was doing. And I've journaled all my life, but I've never desired to be a writer. I've also wrote poetry, but that's just, um, there's, I've never thought of writing a book. So I just started from the beginning and just started writing my life out. A lot was edited. It was probably twice the size and it's a 400 page book. So a lot was um, lifted through in the editing process, but I just wrote it out. And it's funny because I would, I was raising kids at the time and stay at home mom. So I would write at the gym when I'd be on the treadmill. And most of the book is actually handwritten. I had a lady help type it for me. Um, but just whenever at the park, anywhere that I could get a scrap of paper and some time, I just kept writing. Well, I like the style. It's very raw. It's very real. You know, I could feel the emotions and the angst, you know, of your teenage years and everything. Um, so I think that's fascinating that you hand wrote it. That's amazing. That's just unheard of today. But one, one thing I noticed was um, you and I, we had kind of like an opposite experience, but your experience was very similar to my husband's experience. He and I knew each other in high school. And uh, his experience was very similar. Now, me, I was the straight-A, nerdy, do-everything-mom-and-dad-tell-you kind of kid. Uh, I was a Christian early on in life, so high school was fun and exciting and had a lot of friends, had a lot of neat experiences. College, though, for me, was a little bit of a downer, but, uh, but your experience reflects a lot of my husband's in that he dabbled in drugs and kind of got lost a little bit of petty crime here and there. Um, he seemed to be searching and God seemed to be reaching out to him, but he wasn't quite sure uh, about what to do or what, you know, how to go in that direction and such. 
Well, one thing I found with your story that I think my listeners would like is how God kind of was hovering over you your whole time, your whole life, kind of just there, not intervening all the time, but you got this sense that he was watching you along the way. Did you ever, when you were looking back over your life, did you see that as well? Well, I know I grew up going to church as a kid um, in my grade school years. And I remember even crying one time that I couldn't go to Sunday school because I was sick. Um, so, and I always also, my whole life would say, uh, my uh, now I lay me down to sleep prayer every night, even Aww. though through those crazy years when I wasn't following God and I was so far from him, even though he was never far from me. Um, you know, so he was always in my heart and I always believed, but once I hit probably 12, I just went the way of the world and was just searching. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the path I ended up taking. But God continually throughout my life kept sending Christians my way. He kept on pursuing me. That's where you and I have a lot in common because that's what happened to me in college as well. I kind of rebelled a bit in college like most people do, but I can look back over my life and see how God put Christians in my path to kind of remind me like I'm still here and uh, I'm waiting patiently for you. And I would say, yeah, well, just leave me alone, you know, (laughs) and go in that direction. So I like that part about your story. Now, as you were preparing to write, though, how did you prepare your family for it? Well, funny thing is, is my kids were young. I mean, my son was a year old. He's 19 now. So when I first started writing it, and so it wasn't that intimidating. I just wrote uh, for years and years, and uh, they were little. But when it got closer to actually you know, the book publishing, my getting an editor, and now my kids are older, then I started kind of worrying about it, like, oh, they don't know all these things about me. Mm-hmm. That was probably the toughest part, actually, in publishing this book, is what is everyone going to think? Mm-hmm. And what are, what are my, what's my mom and dad going to think? What's you know, my kids going to think, you know, I got to tell my them that um, here they've only known me. I kind of joke like as a Bible thumping, you know, mom. But here, you know, I have to tell them that, you know, I smoked pot all the time and just all the things, the bulimia, everything. So that was um, tough. That part was the toughest part, actually. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that with from authors who have written memoirs that are very deep. Um, that they had to sit their family down and say, hey, look, when you read this, you might be shocked. So did you find it to be kind of therapeutic, though, to get all that out? I guess. I, I've i journaled my whole life. I have journals back when I'm, you know, back from actually sixth grade, even wow. I have some. Um, That's neat. So I've, even though I was so messed up, I continued to write and journal. And a lot of those... I didn't keep, but some of them I did. So I think that process, I've, you know, I've done that my whole life. I've kind of gone inward and wrote it out instead Mm -hmm. of spoke it out because I kind of um, had a hard time sharing my feelings. So I would write my feelings. Mm. 
Most, yeah, most writers have done that. My journals go back to college, but I never did that before. So I think that's neat that you go all the way back to grade school. That's amazing. Yes. Do you let your kids go back and read them? <laughs> I have them in a box. And it's funny because I gave my kids each a copy of the book, and uh, but they're not really reading it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, actually, it's okay. I kind of like that. <laughs> um, you know, they can read it if they want to, but I think they have their own lives and they're just not really interested in mom's life, maybe. They're yeah. teenagers. Yeah, that's true. Then when they start to get a little older, they might be willing to pick it up and find out what was mom really like. Yes. That's neat, though, that you'll have that for them. Um, because a lot of times parents leave this world and their kids don't really know everything about them. So that's kind of neat that they can look back and see how God worked in your life. Do you find that it's kind of helpful for your children to know that you know mom went through these struggles? and came through it and that might that might help them prepare for the struggles they might go through oh yes and you know i guess i didn't go into huge detail with them but they always grew up knowing that i would drink and party and you know i've always told them that's not a good path and you know it was like okay don't do that you don't want to turn out how I did and mm -hmm. so they already know the path I took flunking out in high school and being in the party scene and they already know that and I've explained that so that's something they've grown up with and known about me yeah it's kind of like um your book is kind of it kind of reveals the why though I mean, you, you have told your kids that you did all this stuff, but the book kind of reveals why you did all this stuff. Because mm -hmm. I, I, when I finished reading it, I thought, wow, you know, sh she was so lost for so long searching for the, the thing that would fill her emptiness. And so maybe that's what your, your kids can get out of it. Do you feel that, that that's a good message for the readers who are out there to get from your story? That's my prayer. My prayer is that they wouldn't go the way I went in life and um, have all the scrapes and bruises. And, um, you know, I my prayer for my kids, actually, is that they would just lead a good, clean life and have good, clean fun. You know, mm -hmm. when you were mentioning how you grew up. I mean, if I could do it again, that would be my dream. And that's kind of my dream for my kids, you know have fun you know like I tell my girls flirt with the boys but don't you know go home with them I mean yeah. you know I, I I just would you know go to a pizza party but don't you know go to a party where everyone's drinking so I just that's kind of my heart and my wish for my children and especially for young girls that are growing up right now that they wouldn't take the path that I took yeah, I got that sense when I was reading it. And is that kind of who you you want your readers to be? These young women who might be going down that path and, and you're telling them, hey, you know, this is a warning sign. This is what might be up ahead. I would love to reach young girls before they mess up their life too much. But I know I have given several copies out. And I, in fact, met somebody um in the post office and I was mailing out some copies and she said, Oh, it must be a good book. And I ended up giving her one. Wow. And I was telling her my heart that, you know, I want to reach young girls before they mess up their life too much. And she mentioned that she had already messed hers up too much. And mm. she was my age. And, 
you know? And so I know that it's not just for young girls. It can reach all ages because, you know, there could be a lot of women that maybe they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they have regrets from their past. I agree. I feel like broken women out there, you know, might be ashamed of their past and might want to cover it up. But you did a good thing by exposing your scars. And one thing I was telling a friend is, we Christians, we need to expose our scars, but then remind people that they're healed. You know, they, they're scars, yeah, from wounds that we have, but they're also healed. And that's the important message, is that they can be healed too. I agree. I agree. Because that, that was the huge part of being afraid to, I always knew I was going to publish it. I always knew that I was going to obey God and do it. But there was a huge amount of fear, and it was all related to shame, to feeling ashamed of what I did. And that that's huge. It's I know I'm forgiven, but getting through that shame part where Satan wants to tell me, you know, to remind me of everything I did. Yes, exactly. And the Holy Spirit doesn't shame us. The Holy Spirit can convict us, but... It never shames us. Satan's the one that shames us, you're right, into keeping quiet. So you did a brave thing by writing down your story for your kids and for women out there who need to read this story about the hope of being mended. You know, you can be broken, but God mends us. And that's the that's the takeaway I got from your story. Now, in my own story, yes, I did have... You know, I was walking with Jesus until about age 18. Then I walked away for about three years and then came back. And I had some shame about the things that I did in that three-year period of rebellion. But the one thing that I always did was maintain clean living. And I tell my son that all the time. Clean living, that's the way to go, is take care of yourself. Don't dabble with alcohol and drugs. And then you won't have those ghosts that haunt you from time to time, like, when you're trying to get a job and they do a background check. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So clean living is also a good message to put out there for young women today. I agree. Uh, Your future projects, you have future writing projects? I have a book that I like to refer to it as the G-rated version of my testimony. And it deals more about my dreams of being a supermodel and moving to Paris. And God gave me a quirky little poem and uh, when I was about 19, and that actually debuted just the short version in Occasional Moments of Happiness because I include a lot of original poetry. And I expounded on that, and that's my manuscript that I have that has been sitting around it for about almost 18 years, too. Um, so that's my next project that I would love to see. Oh, that's great. What a neat idea. Well, I thank you so much for coming on my podcast to talk to me about your book, Occasional Moments of Happiness, a memoir. And Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time out to encourage my listeners out there who might be dealing with brokenness. And through reading your book, they can find that wholeness comes through God. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that Shauna was able to come onto my podcast and talk to us about her writing journey and her experience in writing a memoir. I can't even imagine. 
I urge you to pick up a copy of her book, Occasional Moments of Happiness, and read it with a mind open to her experiences, and you will see God's hand over her life and the clear message that she has for readers, that wholeness can only come through God. I hope that you've been encouraged to keep going on your writing journey. Remember, always going forward one step at a time. And until next time, God bless.